Amos chapter number 3. Amos chapter number 3. Thankful this morning that the Lord still is good. Amen. Amen. And uh, there's never been a time where He's not been good. And you want to know the good part about it? There'll never be a time where He'll cease to be good. That's, right. That's all He knows how to be. He is good. And uh, I bless the name of the Lord this morning. I thank for what the sister said. When things don't go our way, and their plans don't turn out like we wish they did, I'm glad God is still in control. And God is working all things together for our good. He didn't say they'd be easy. But He did say they were working together for our good. And I want to praise His name for that. And I'm thankful this morning that no matter how many times that you talk about Him, no matter how many times you brag about Him, He's an inexhaustible God. And you realize this morning you cannot exaggerate when it comes to God. Because when you say He's great, you're not exaggerating. But the only thing this is you can only minimize in the sense of of you can't talk enough about Him to even touch the hem of the garment of how great He really is. Because when you say He's great, He's greater than great. When you say He's wonderful, He's wonderful, more wonderful than wonderful. And uh, there's no words that could even even uh, try to just to, to, to describe Him. And uh, I'm thankful this morning that I know Him. But as the songwriter said, I, but best of all, I'm thankful He knows me. Amen. And uh, I want to give you what the Lord's placed on my heart this morning. Amos chapter number 3. sure has already been good to be in the house of God this morning. And uh, I want to begin reading in verse number 1 of Amos, uh, chapter number 3, verse number 1. I invite you to stand with us as we read the Word of the Lord, Amos chapter number 3. And if you don't know where the book of Amos is, uh, find your concordance and uh, don't, be, don't, be a, uh, don't be afraid or feel bad that you have to do so. Because Amos, unfortunately, is a book that's not preached from much. Um, but it is how God has directed my heart this morning, Amos Chapter number 3, beginning reading in verse number 1 of the Word of the Lord. The Bible said, Hear the word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of the, all the families of the earth, therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Listen to verse 3. Can two walk together, except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city? The people not be afraid. Shall there be evil in a city? The Lord hath not done it. Surely the, the Lord God will do nothing, but He revealeth His secret unto His servant, the servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear. The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy. Publish in the palace at Ashdod, and in the palaces and lands of Egypt, and say, Assemble yourselves upon the mountain of, mountains of Samaria, Behold the great tumults in the midst thereof, and the oppressed in the midst thereof. For they know not to do right, 
saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary that there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. Hear ye and testify in the house of Jacob, saith the Lord God, the God of hosts. Let's go, Lord, in a word of prayer. Pray for us and with us, if you will. Our Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we do thank you, Lord, once again to be able to be in the house of God. Father, thank you for what our ears and our hearts already felt in this place. Lord, I do want to thank you for once again reminding us of just how good that you really are. Lord, we do praise you. We bless your holy name. Dear God, that you're a God that's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Now, dear God, as we've read the Scripture that you've directed our hearts to this morning, I pray now, dear God, as it's come to the preaching of the Word of God, I pray you take me as your servant, use me as your mouthpiece, Lord God, to declare what you've laid upon my heart for such a time as this. I pray you touch each listener, help them, dear God, as they hear the Word of God. But may they not be hearers, but may they also heed of what's being said this morning. Help us, dear God. We're needy people that stand in need of your help. We stand in need of your touch. And dear God, we stand, uh, Lord, where only you can help us. And we'll give you the glory and the praise uh, for what you do now. In your Son's name we ask these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing as we read the Word of the Lord. If you go and study the book of Amos, you'll find that it is considered what is known as one of the minor prophets. It's not minor in the sense of its value, but rather it's minor in the sense of its size. For there's no Scripture in the Word of God that's any less important than another Scripture. But when you come to the book of Amos, you find in chapter number 1 that God raises up this man by the name of Amos, who the Bible says that his occupation was, he was a herdsman. If I could say it like this, he was a farmer. He was a, a shepherd. And, I, and you'll find that at this time in the nation of Israel, it's not a high time in their life, but rather it's a low time. They're not doing what's right in the sight of God. They're doing that which is wrong in the sight of God. And when the politicians wasn't doing what was right, and when the people of the city wasn't doing what was right, God, even in the religious realm, those people wasn't doing what was right. God raised up, if I could say it like this, an old country boy who, listen, friend, all he knew how to be was gun barrel straight. God raised up this young man uh, by the name of Amos to be a prophet that would prophesy to the nation of Israel of what God was about to do in their life. If you go study chapter 1, chapter 2, you'll find out that God is declaring that He's about to bring judgment upon the nation of Israel. He declares how that He's going to raise up the Assyrian army to overtake them. How they're going to go into bondage. How they're going to be, listen, how they're going to be, uh, if I could uh, be a prisoner of war. How that they're uh, going to lose their land. They're going to lose their livelihood. They're going to lose their crops. They're going to lose those things that are valued to them. Uh, because of the sin that they've allowed to be crept into their life. 
Can I remind you this morning that sin is something that though you may play with it, when you're done playing with it, it's not done playing with you. And we're living in a day where people are minimizing the effects and the consequences of sin. But the Bible still declares, be sure your sins will find you out. And listen, the Bible says, be not deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If he sows to the wind, he'll reap whirlwind. And can I say to you this morning, just as much as it was true in Bible days, that you reap what you sow, it's still true in the hour in which we live, that you still reap what you sow. And the nation of Israel had been sowing sin, and now they're about to reap destruction. They had been sowing unrighteousness, and now they're about to see the chastisement of a holy God be brought upon them because of their wrongdoing. Now we're living in a day where it seems like when you turn on the news, it seems as if uh, they try to uh, try to make sin look pretty. They try to uh, make it look okay. But let me just say this: You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter if Washington puts their stamp of approval on it. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. Amen? It don't matter if a politician says it's right. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It don't matter if a politician says it's wrong. If God says it's right, it's still right. And can I say to you, we're living in a day where it seems like the wrong that you are, and you're more applauded for being wrong than it is you being right. And can I say to you, we need to get back to lining up with this Word of God and the Bible says it's wrong we say it's wrong and the Bible says it's right we still say it's right we see within this text we've read this morning God is bringing chastisement upon this nation because of their wrongdoing I want to say this on set of the message I don't know about you but I hope this is the case with you I was thankful this week what took place in our country that overturning a Roy V. Wade but you know what's amazing in the fact is that, so thank God that that was overturned. It turned back to the states. What, what bothered me is, is when you turn on the news, it was like a great day of turmoil. You look at them and they're upset over this and they're upset over that. And they're saying this is being taken away and our rights are being taken away. Let me just say this. I said a few weeks ago and I still want to be loud and I still want you to understand where I'm coming from. I want to say thank God that baby within the womb is a living being and it's still murder in the sight of God to take that baby's life. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible said. And we line up with the Word of God. I don't care what Washington says. I'm not licking my finger trying to see which way the wind's blowing. God's already said it's murder. And I want to say thank God that we saw it just this last week. God answer our prayers and show us some mercy. Amen. But can I say to you when you hear about what they're saying. Listen, we're on the tip of the iceberg of what's about to happen. Amen. Can I say to you, we're not, they're not being happy about what's going on. They're upset about what's going on. Can I say to you this morning, we're, I believe this with all my heart, we have experienced the judgment of God, and we're about to experience the judgment of God. But what we find within this text is the nation of Israel was about to experience the judgment of God. But what I've got to notice in this is, verse 3 makes this statement, Can two walk together except they be agreed? I got the looking at that. I got the thinking about that. And then in this chapter, chapter 3, it brings up several times as you read it about a line. And as I was looking about this, you'll notice that God's talking about the nation of Israel. He makes mention that there was a time when you had fellowship with me. 
There was a time when I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and I've done great and mighty miracles for you. There was a time that you served me with your whole heart. There was a time where you didn't serve other gods and you didn't go contrary to my words. But now, you're not walking with me. You're walking away from me. The Lord to be my helper, I want to preach on for the next few minutes on this thought. On don't stray away. Don't stray away. When I look here in this text, notice what verse 12 says. Verse 12 says, Thus saith the Lord. This is the Lord speaking. Listen to what the Lord says. As the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and Damascus in a couch. As I looked at this and read this, in verse 12 we find this word picture where we're introduced to, in this, te- in this verse, three different characters. We notice in the text we see a shepherd. We notice in the text we see a lion. And we notice also in the text we see a lamb. Now we understand it doesn't describe it as a lamb, but when you study behind and see, you'll see that this is describing of that which is a lamb. And I got to looking about that, and I noticed that when the Lord begins to describe the nation of Israel, He uses a character, as He has done many times in the Word of God, to describe His people, He describes them as sheep. And the Lord's telling the nation of Israel, He says, as, as you see about these sheep, when I say to you what David said in the book of Psalms, He said, like sheep, we all have gone astray. When you think about Isaiah 53, it talks about we're the a sheep, or, or Psalms 23 talks about we are the, He is the shepherd, and we are the sheep of His pastures. Can I say to you this morning, when the Bible uh, describes us as God's children, one of the ones He uses to describe us as His sheep, as His flock. Can I say to you this morning, the nation of Israel being a picture of a lamb. I got to notice in this, thinking about don't stray away. Because in this text, I noticed first of all, there was a lamb that was departed. There was a lamb that was departed. That's how you see that. Because the Bible says this lamb is now in the mouth of the lion. And as I looked at that and thought about that, as he's painting the picture of the nation of Israel... I don't, don't take everybody in here is familiar this morning with a shepherd and a sheep. And you know that the sheep, they're considered what's called a flock. And that shepherd's job is to take care of that flock. And he'll have sheep dogs that will run behind and make sure uh, that the sheep that are lagging behind are staying within the fold. And as I begin to think about this, I find within this text uh, that the Bible begins to describe a lamb that's not staying with the flock. He's describing a lamb that is not staying close to the group, if you would. But he's describing one that begins to lag behind. He describes one who, yes, used to walk with the shepherd, but now he's beginning to lay behind. He's beginning to uh, slow down just a little bit. He no longer feels the need to walk close to the shepherd. He no longer feels the need to stay by the shepherd. He no longer feels the need uh, to stay within the flock. But if you would allow me to say it like this, this little sheep gets to this little lamb gets the pride the mentality uh, to think that 
that he can live without the shepherd. He begins to think that he can live without the flock. He begins to see that the grass is greener on the other side, so to speak. And he feels like that he can wander off into greener pastures. And he no longer needs the shepherd. He no longer needs the flock. He can go on without him. And you know what we find him doing? He begins to stray away from the place that God has him. I thought about this lamb that was departed. The Lord talks about in verse number 1. He talks about hear the word of the Lord that has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt. Do you know what this lamb departed from? This lamb had departed from the work of God. Work of God. He brings up, God brings up what God had done for them in the past. He brings up, you remember when I brought you up out of the land of Egypt? You remember when you were down there in Pharaoh's bondage? And you cried out because of your chastisement. And you prayed for all those years that God would raise up a deliverer. I did raise up a deliverer. I raised up a man by the name of Moses who went before Pharaoh and declared that the God was the great I am. And God and I delivered you from your forefathers. From the nation, from the land of Egypt. I delivered you from bondage. He said, but despite all the things I've done for you, you still have departed from me. Can I say to you this morning, now I'm looking at across the congregation that if truth be told, God's been far better to each and every one of us than what we deserve. And on our worst day, we can still raise both hands to heaven and say God has been good in our life. And even though America has turned their back on God, I want to say thank God that God has blessed America. God is blessing America. And I'm praying that He'll continue to bless America because there's no other nation on this earth I'd want to live in than where God has placed me at. But hear me and hear me well, in spite of all of it, God still has been good in our life. And when we look about how good God's been to us and all the mighty things we've seen God do, unfortunately, they don't draw us closer to God, but it seems like we get further and further away from God. Can I say to you, we see they departed from the work of God. I noticed they in verse 2, he told, verse 3 talks about continue walk together. He talks about they departed from the walk. He said, look, one time we walked together. But now we can't walk together because two can only walk together unless they be agreed. He said, we're, we're on two different pages now. You're, you're, you're wanting to go one direction. And I'm going this direction. And I want you to hear me and hear me well. God's not going to change His direction so that He can just walk with you. Amen. And can I say to you this morning, it ain't us that knows more than God, for nobody knows more than God. And the best thing you and I can do if we're not walking in the same direction with God this morning is to turn ourselves around and start walking in that right direction and get back to walking with God. There's some of you in here this morning that truth be told, there was once a time in your life where you walked close to God, you had fellowship with God, but somewhere along the way you got off the trodden path, you got off the blessing, you got off the way in which you were going, and you started going your own way, you started doing it your own way, and you know what you found? You're no longer walking with God, but you're walking away from God. I remind you when Simon Peter, that night in the garden, when they took the Lord Jesus, you know what I found out about Simon? Simon had walked with God for three and a half years. The earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, Simon walked with Jesus. But you know what you begin to find out? That that night they took him. Simon was still following Jesus. But you know what the Bible says about him? He was following a great way off. See, he was still walking in the right direction, 
but he was not as close as he once was. And can I say to you, way before Simon ever denied the Lord, he started walking away from God. And you hear me, you hear me well. If there's ever been a time that you've been more faithful to God than what you are right now, you're not closer to God. You're farther away from God. And let me say this. Can I say this? If you're not as much in as you was once in, you're more out now than what you were before. Amen. Can I say, when we start letting up, we're not getting more again. When I say again, I'm not talking about getting Listen, you're saved, you're saved. I ain't talking about losing your salvation. I'm talking about that fellowship and that closeness with God. And some of you used to be real close to Him. As a sister showed you this morning, you used to be like John the Beloved. You, John the Beloved was so close to Jesus that he was able to lay his head on the bosom of Jesus. And you remember what the disciples said about that love room? When Jesus said, What are you going to betray me? You remember what they asked? They didn't ask Simon. They didn't ask, they didn't ask, uh, uh, they didn't ask Judas. They asked the one who was close to Jesus. They asked John the Beloved. They said, Ask him, ask him, John, who is the one that's going to betray us? You know why they asked John? He was the closest one. That was to Jesus. You can say what you want about John. You can call him whatever you want to call him. But you will no longer disciple that made it to the cross was the one that stayed close to Jesus. You know the one that Jesus entrusted? His mom and him to watch care of? He entrusted him to John. You know what he said on that cross? He said, son, behold that mother. Mother, behold that son. Can I say to you, if you're going to trust your mama and you watch care of somebody, it's going to be somebody you trust. And you know what Jesus said about John? I trust him enough to keep an eye on my mama. I'm about to leave, but I'm going to keep my mama, put my mama in the watch care of John. He's been close to me all these years. What do you say? I'm talking about next year. You should walk with God. Now they walk away from God. Let me ask you this morning. How's your walk with God? How is it this morning? Can I say to the husbands, you can only be spiritual enough with yourself. And it was a great day in my life, Brother Bean, when I realized my spirituality is my responsibility. My spirituality is my responsibility. I may forget this. I was driving in the truck with a preacher. And y'all know y'all seen these uh, these trucks that haul all these other vehicles on. They got one truck, and on that truck they have a, a, a car wreck, and I have one, one car on the bottom, one car on the top, one car behind it, one car on the top one. And he said, you know what that driver is right there? I said, what? He said, he's a Baptist preacher. I said, a Baptist preacher? He said, yeah. Look at him. He said, he's having his full, he said, he's having to pull all the way for all those other vehicles who are tagging along, said nothing more than a bunch of spiritual hobos. Can I say to you, as a pastor of Mount Perry Baptist Church, I can still only be spiritual enough for myself? Well, listen, it's not the preacher's responsibility for you to be spiritual. Husbands, it's not your wife's responsibility to be the spiritual for your household. It's not the, listen, husbands, it's not your wife, it's not her wife, it's not your husband, children. Can I say this, when you're a young person, if you're old enough to be saved, you're old enough to be spiritual. If you're old enough to be saved, you're old enough to be spiritual. And if God wanted to wait to use you later on in your life, He would have waited to save you later on in your life. But He dealt with you when He did. You know why? Because He's got plans to use you right now. And can I say, we ought not be walking away from God. We ought to be walking close to God. How'd you walk with God this morning? Maybe some Israel had walked away from God. Talking about the land that departed. They departed from the work of God. They departed from the walk with God. I noticed this. They departed despite the warning of God. He goes on and talks about them sounding the trumpets. He said, look, I've been warning you. Don't go that way. Don't go down that road. If you go that way, it's death, hell, and destruction. 
If you walk that way, it's not going to lead to greater pastures. It's going to lead you to destruction. And can I say to you this morning, God has sent a warning by your way, telling you don't get away from God. Don't go your own way. Don't think you can make it without Him. Because hear me and hear me well, you are headed for destruction. I talked this week to a young man who's younger than me. And I mean, when I tell you, successful, He's been successful. He started telling me. He said, Brother Ray, he said, he said, I, I got so successful in what I was doing. He said, I got caught up in what I was doing. And he said, I started drinking a little bit on the side. And he said, you know what? He said, I got drinking a little bit more. And I got drinking a little bit more. And he said, for long, he said, I started catching myself slipping out back during working hours and going in my truck. And I was drinking on the job. And he said, then I got to fool around with drugs. And he said, here I am in my twenties. And he said, I said, this has never happened to me. He said, it never happened to me. I've got control of this. He said, but I creeped the door open just a little bit. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, the devil kicked me wide open. And he said, I caught myself becoming an alpha. He said, I wasn't becoming one. I had become one. He said, I was drinking all the time. He said, I was doing drugs all the time. And he said, you know what? He said, it had consumed my life. He said, to the point of where now. He said, I've had to go through rehab. He said, I've lost all my friends. He said, I've lost all my success. He said, I'm having to start over. And can I say, gee, that's how the devil works. He'll tell me you've got control over it. He'll tell you to make it without God. But you hear me. You hear me well. Neither one of us can walk unless He holds our hand. We can't breathe unless He puts breath in our lungs. And when we get to thinking we can make it without Him, we have to remind ourselves what Paul said. Let a man that thinketh he stand and take heed unless he falls. I think it happened to each and every one of us. Do you know what happens? We start walking close to God. Somewhere along the way we start walking away from God. I tell you, marriages overnight just don't end in divorce. Kids just don't go crazy overnight. Say amen, parents. But it's a continual. You know, marriages are close together. One day there comes the husband starts walking away from the wife, and the wife starts walking away from the husband, and there becomes a wedge between their marriages. You stop being there. You know how to keep wages from getting in your marriage? Don't lie to wages in your marriage. Amen. You know how to keep your home together? Don't crack the door a little bit open. Don't leave a quarter of an inch open. But you slam that door tight and you say, by the grace of God, I ain't going to let the boogeyman in my house. I ain't going to let the devil in my house. I've worked too hard. I've allowed the listen, the devil to destroy my hole. And can I say to you, we're living in a day and hour where, listen, when the devil's not kicking down our door, we're leaving it wide open. He's walking in without any fight. He's walking in without any struggle. And the parents of America are allowing him to do so. You know what? Once was a time in America where the mothers and the fathers had some Holy Ghost fortitude about them. That they said the mama could say something like this. I didn't go through the jaws of death to let a devil drag my children off in the hell. I didn't go through the jaws of death to allow my children. I'm glad I had a mama that when I was going AWOL, when I was running wild, when I was living like a junkyard dog, I'm glad I had a mama that I can remember getting in the closet and said, I'm not going to let the devil drag my boys off to hell without me putting up a fight. And I'm glad I had a mama that knew what it was like to burn them in that hall in the wee hours of the night. She'd be in that little closet, call my name out to God. And you know the reason why I'm here? Number one, I'm here because of the grace of God. But I wouldn't say I'm here because my God burned my mama. I'd pray for me, and I'm glad that I had a praying mama. Hear me, hear me well. Some of you walk away despite the warning. 
Can I say to you, I could buy a dog's tail. How many times I've heard people say, I had a preacher warn me, but I didn't listen. I had a parent that warned me, but I didn't listen. A young boy tell me this week, he said, I don't need my mom's advice. I can make it without her. I thought to myself, young man, you headed for it. You headed for a road you don't want to go down. We've all been there. Can I say this as as when it comes to young people, old people be patient with us. The chances are you've been where we've been at. And can I say younger people, be respectful to older people because they've walked where you haven't walked with. This country, as I said last week, they want to get so far away from a generation that's already walked where we haven't walked yet. Amen. You know who I will? You know who I will work on my vehicle? Somebody who's worked on vehicles before. You know who I want to get advice from? Not somebody who hasn't been where I've been. Somebody who has been. I don't listen. When I ask about pastor advice, I don't go ask somebody who hasn't pastor before. Come on, we got a lot of armchair quarterbacks. They tell you how to do it. Everybody knows how to ride a bull to get on one. Everybody knows how to fight a bear until they get in the cage in one. Can I remind you this morning that the generation has already walked down this road. Every one of us did realize, hey, God didn't bring them into my life by accident. Man, they got away from the warning. Can I say there was a, a lamb that had departed? Can I say to you this morning, if we ain't careful, we'll depart from God. I wish I could just say this morning that there was just a lamb that had departed. But I noticed in this text, because there was not only a lamb that had departed from the sheepfold, but there was a lion that was devoured. Look what he says. Look what verse 12 says. Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taken out of the mouth of the lion. Y'all see that? It's this lamb is not about not about to be in the mouth of the lion. This lamb is in the mouth of the lion. I got to study a little bit on lions. Interesting study. But you know when lions seek out their prey, do you know what they first do? They say if they're in a if they're in a desert area, they do they hunt differently than if they're in a wooded area or a thick area where they got stuff to hide behind. If it's if it's a desert area, they don't hunt during the day, they hunt at night. There's nowhere to hide. They hide, they use the darkness to hide. Say if they're hunting in the woods or they've got a lot of grass that grows up or, or they've got a lot of weeds and, and bushes and stuff, they hide them in those bushes and they use those bushes to camouflage them and they watch their prey from a distance. This is what they start doing. And first, before they ever get their prey, they start stalking their prey. They start watching their prey. They, they start watching their habits. They follow off from a distance. See, I picture in my mind, a shepherd's got a flock. He's leading that flock. He's got a sheepdog. Way off in the distance, there's a lion that's walking around. We'd be real quiet this morning. We'd probably be getting a lot of iron walking around this morning. And they watch from a distance. And they see that little lamb who starts getting away from the flock. And they see the little sheepdog come running along. Sheepdog will run it back up to the flock. They'll follow, still follow way off in the distance. All of a sudden, that lamb starts dragging a little bit more behind. All of a sudden, that lamb will start getting over here and getting away from the flock. 
You know what happens? That line, that line goes from stalking its prey to surrounding its prey. You know what they said they did? They'll start circling it. And they said this. They say, if you hear a roar of a lion, they said that lion's a whole lot closer to you than what you think it is. They said that that lion will start circling its prey. To get, to get this prey to think that the lion's on the right side, and reality is the lion's on the left side. Now you know what happens? That lamb has gotten so far away from the fold, and now the lion is circling. And they said that lion will stalk its prey, and it'll wait until it gets so weak and so anemic that it'll pounce on its prey, and the prey will not have enough strength to be able to fight against the lion. Now, I remind each and every one of us this morning that none of us are, listen, none of us have any type of ability within ourselves, in ourselves, to fight against the adversary. Do you know sheep don't have any defense mechanism? They have no way to take care of themselves. They're defenseless. They have no way to take care of themselves. This is why God gave them a shepherd. And the shepherd and the sheepdog's job is to watch out for the flock. But you know what happens? The lion gets away from the flock. The lion comes up. And all of a sudden, that lion attacks that little lion. And I got to wonder in my mind, when that lion attacked that lamb, I bet that lamb started crying out for the shepherd. You know, it's not amazing that what the devil will tell you you don't need in your hour of need, you realize how much you didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I think there's times that I have people asking me for advice, and I give them the advice they didn't want, but they needed, and they didn't listen to it. And then all of a sudden, they go do their own thing, and then later on, they come back and say, hey, can you help me? In my mind, I want to be full, I want to be full of patience, and I'm suffering. That's what I see in the back of my mind. I didn't say to myself, oh, she had all of this. You don't like to hear that. We know it's true. You know how it is, parents? When you tell your kids not to do something, and they do it anyways, and they get hurt, you're sure going to love them, and you're sure going to take care of them, but you know in the back of your mind, somehow we should have that happen. I warned you. We all got scars, but we should get half, but we still have. Hear me. This line gets in the mouth, or this line gets this lamb in its mouth. And the Bible says this about this line, about this lamb. That when it's all said and done, the only thing that's really left about this land was that it had two legs in there. Y'all see that? Two legs and an ear. I guarantee you, Dad, we didn't tell him about that when that first started. Y'all know how the world treats a child of God? They'll use them and abuse them and leave them all confused. And leave them to them. When they get when they get everything out of them that they want out of them, they'll throw them off in a ditch somewhere and leave them. And you can't find. Let me just say this: This world is not your friend. And the prodigal son had to find that out when he went into the far country. And you know what the Bible said? When he had spent all that he had on righteous living, you know where he ended up at? He ended up at the hall pen. But where was all those friends that said they were his friends when they were out there at the party hall? Where were all those friends when they didn't mind spending his Money and using him for what they could get out of him. But when he ended up in the hog pen, there was nobody there to be able to help him. 
That's the way the world is. The world will tell you they'll be right there beside you, but you hear this country preaching this morning, they'll leave you high God. I've been there, I've experienced when this world uses you up and all you are is nothing but a shadow of what you was, they'll leave you and go find somebody else that they can use. That's the way the devil works. But I got to the end of this. And I'll be honest with you. It was real green all over this end. I mean, it's all, all that this lamb has now is here. All that this lamb has is just two little legs. I mean, this, this lamb will never be what it once was. Can I get a witness? This lamb will never walk like it once walked. This lamb, if I can say it like this, will never hear like it once heard. This lamb will never be able to return like he was once he left. But you know what I found? That in spite of all what this lamb did, you know what verse 12 tells us? That the shepherd come and took the lamb out of the mouth of the lion. You know what? I read this. Brother Keith, I, I got to pray for me. I was wrong. I said, this lamb has nothing to offer no more. This lamb has nothing to offer this shepherd no more. This lamb, his life is ruined. It's been wrecked. It's got the scars of sin all over it. And somewhere along the way, this shepherd said, you know what? I tended my sheep today, and I'm missing one of them. Where'd he go? You know, the world would have said, oh, he's letting go. You warned him numerous times over and over again. You told him not to run away, but he didn't listen. But you know what? I'm glad as I, I'm glad I was praying this morning and the Lord reminded me, I don't serve a God of grudges. I serve a God of grace. Amen. I don't serve a God of grudges. I serve a God of grace. And your testimony may be this morning that you're not, that you're not as close to God as you once was and you've got the star of sin on your life this morning where the lion has left your life and the lion has a Lord, I've got a good news. The devil will tell you that the shepherd's done with you and the shepherd don't want you and the shepherd said I'm through with you but I'm glad, thank God, in this lamb's life there come a good glad day that despite the line, there came the Lord and he come walking down that road and that lamb, that line was real bad. That line had wrecked that lamb's life. But you know what I find? The line, listen, the Lord, the shepherd, took the lamb out of the lion's mouth. You know what? That that Lord, the Lord, that shepherd would be a picture of the Lord at pity on that lamb. That's right. I imagine I could have y'all pray for me. I mean, because I'm flesh. If that'd been me, and I'd walk up and I'd seen that lamb in that lion's mouth, I'd be like, peace, I'll see you later. <laughs> but I sure am glad that the Lord ain't like I am. Because, you know, truth be told, every one of us has been there one time or another. And we got ourselves in a mess. And the world, listen, none of us would have blamed God had not had nothing to do with us anymore. But I sure am glad that my good God, that he come walking where I was, and despite how big and how bad the line was, our God had pity on each and every one of us. And he showed us mercy and grace. Amen. Yeah, he He also had power. Yeah. You know that. And I don't know if y'all know this, lions are strong. But in order for you to be able to get that lamb out of that lion's mouth, you know what that indicates? You're stronger than that lion. Yeah. Can I just say to you this what you may feel like? 
that you can't get set free from what you're bound by. You try in your own strength to get away from it. But it seems like in the time you take a step forward, the devil knocks you ten steps back. And the devil tells you they're never going to get better. It's always going to be nightmares. It's always going to be wasted dreams. Your life is just a shadow. Don't you hogwash, don't listen to the lie of the devil because we serve a great God. As a sister said this morning, when the world says it's impossible, all things are possible with our God. And the truth is, listen, when there may be things you lost that you can't get back again. But hear me everywhere. That don't mean God can't use you. That don't mean God's done with you. Because I've, now listen, I've met people that listen. They've got the scars of sin on their life. And you know what God uses them to do? Hey, run from me. Don't go down that road. Because if you go down that road, I was going to end up like I did. And I always say, I'm glad God has allowed some people to come in my life. But listen, that warned me not to go down the road. They went there. I'm glad, listen, there was a day in their life when they got it under the blood. Somebody say amen. They got it under the blood. And they're still having to do church. They're still serving God. You know why? Because God still has a job for them to do. Amen. God also, i got a picture in my mind. That shepherd said, walk up to that lion. And he said, you've had my lamb for way too long. And that lion probably thought, I ain't giving it back. And that shepherd said, I didn't ask you if he was giving it back. And I kind of picture in my mind that that shepherd got down there. I kind of picture because y'all, y'all, y'all pray for me. It's just a, it's just a manly side of me. I kind of feel like he probably broke his jaw. I probably did. He pulled that little lamb out. And you notice that lamb only had two little legs. He knows that lamb only had one little ear left over. And I kind of imagine he puts that lamb on his shoulders. And I can't even imagine he's probably, because if he was like we are, he probably cheat that lion good two or three times. And said, I'll take him back. I'll deal with you later. And I can picture my mind as he's walking back to the fold. And this lamb is just a, like just a shadow of what it was when it left. And I imagine people walk by and say, what, 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 what happened to him? He said, don't matter. All matters is now is I got him. He said, why in the world did you put yourself in harm's way? You should have let that lamb to figure out on the soul. Oh no, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad our God ain't like that. Somebody say amen. And listen to the world will leave you alone. The world won't have nothing to do with you. And when you're on the very bottom, I'm glad we serve a God that's got an arm long enough and he can reach way below the bottom because that's where he found me at. Listen, friend, I ain't always been where I'm at, but I'm a trophy of God's grace that when I was on rock bottom and the world used me and abused me, I'm glad as a 19 year old, I bought shoulders with a God that didn't grow the clay away. But still have mercy on me. And he saved me by his grace. And here I am. So many years later. Not talking about what I've done. Not talking about looking me. But I'm saying if there's any good thing from my life. It comes from a God. Who found me when I was on the bottom. And I was in the mouth of the line. Our God delivered us. And truth be told. He's delivered every one of you. Every one of you ought to already be in hell. Every one of you ought to already have your marriage destroyed. Your life ruined. But there was a black day in your life. That God showed. When everybody else walked out, God showed you mercy and showed you grace. What do you say to this one preacher? Don't stray away. Because it's going to lead you down the wrong road. But if you're here this morning, and there's been a time that you have straight away, the good news is our God ain't God of mercies. He's a God of grace. Amen. My goodness, I feel good about saying that. I like it so much, I'm going to say it again. He's not a God of mercies. He's a God of grace. Preacher. The brethren won't forgive Hogwash on the brethren. Hogwash on a bunch of, listen, I'm getting the place, you got to be careful, amen? A bunch of Pharisees 
Come on, blow their nose up, thank their better than somebody. Truth be told, you're in a whole lot worse shape off than those are in a ditch. Amen. Amen. You know what? You're worried about the twig that's in somebody else's eyes, and you forget about the boat that's in your eyes. God help you this morning. If you're so full of pride and arrogance that you ain't got no mercy to show anybody. Truth be told, God will throw every one of us off in hell already. And can I say with an attitude like that? I don't even doubt you're even saved. Amen. Because let me say this: if the skeletons wasn't to be revealed in your closet, truth be told, you you got something in there that the only reason why nobody knows about it is there's a God that had mercy on you and didn't let everybody else find out how sorry of a dog you are. Amen. Amen. And I like what you said. He said, the only reason why you got a halo above your head because those horns are holding it up. Amen. I've been in church long enough. And I tell you right now, if they were he wouldn't want to have nothing. If I knew you like God knew you, I would I have plenty of good job. I've been in church long enough to know. Look out. Don't come here. Just act like nobody remembers what they did. Amen. Y'all keep thinking somebody brought up what you've done. Amen. I'm glad we got God. The whole whole grace. Praise God for us. Nobody would blame the shepherd had he just left the lamp alone. Now I'm glad one day that shepherd come off the lamp and said, Lion, you've had my lamb for way too long. And showed him mercy. And he took care of the lion. Took the lion, listen, took the lamb out of the lion's mouth. Oh, sure, he's got stars. You know what his testimony is now? I was on the bottom. More than once, God still showed him mercy. And showed him Everybody said in this one, but God, if you will, let me come to me. I don't know where your life is this morning. Probably all across the congregation this morning, there's people in every different facet of life. No doubt we've got some in the prime of their life, some at the beginning stages of their life, some in the middle of their life, some to the end of their life. There's no telling, Brother Ray, spiritually speaking, where people are at this morning in this congregation. Maybe people, Brother Ruby, they're once closer to God than what they are right now. Maybe some that are closer to God now than they've ever been in their life. Maybe some here this morning, you know what it's like to taste the grace of God. You've been saved, but your life has been wrecked by sin. Maybe some here this morning have never been saved by God's amazing grace. And the truth be told, you're in the lion's mouth this morning. I'm not got a shepherd that can deliver you out of the mouth of the lion. Wherever you are this morning, which is what you want to look at. What you look at. Shepherd's not done with you. Now hear me this morning. This thing on. I said the shepherd is not done with you. So preachers don't know where I've been. Oh, but I know what he went through for you. Wherever you're at this morning, if you're feeling the urge to stray away, get on the altar. Say, God, get me back.